All right, good afternoon, everybody. Very nice to check in with some of you earlier today. So for the uh, practice, we're going to take a, a another way of looking at uh, the experience of, of awareness. Um, or we could say, we could say things, some things we could say synonymously, we could say uh, the mind, awareness, consciousness. We could use those words to some degree interchangeably. But uh, this afternoon we're going to look at uh, our experience of practice through what would be traditionally known as the third foundation of mindfulness, which is really, um, I think, a very valuable way to practice. Uh, and it can maybe even be a little bit challenging. But I think once we, the reason I like this practice is once we kind of get a, a fluency around it, it's really kind of where, where a little bit where the, the magic happens because one of the things that we're trying to do in our practice is we're really trying to liberate our minds. We're trying to liberate ourselves from these destructive forces in the mind, uh, these um, sometimes called defilements or really the three big offenders we call <coughs> a greed, hatred, and delusion. Um, which is really a kind of uh, a filtering kind of system that we look at experience through, and sometimes, sometimes we don't know that we're looking through that filter. So I always like to bring my glasses for this because a lot of times, if, if I think about my awareness as being the way the way I view experience, um, moment to moment, and so a lot of times the, you know, the, the the filtering system is not always pristine. So a lot of times we have on these kind of glasses, and I'm like, why is it so dark in here? I can't see anything. Somebody needs to turn the light on in here. I can't see anything. <laughs> why is it so dark? I'm like, oh, I have these glasses on. So a lot of times we might have the aversion glasses on, or the hatred glasses. Uh, hatred is such a strong word, I prefer to use the term sort of aversion. Uh, but, you know, when I have these glasses on, everything I look at, all I can see is the unpleasant qualities in everything. You ever have these glasses on? Right? Like, it's a little too hot out, and this person gave me a dirty look, and uh, this isn't... Everything appears... I have a kind of a, a little bit of an aversion towards everything, but the problem isn't that everything is unpleasant. The problem is... I'm looking through this kind of filtering system of not wanting. And so I apply that sort of attitude, we could say. There's a kind of attitude that everything that I can experience right now is just eh, not, eh, not so good. And by the same token, of course, moments later, I can have my greed glasses on or my, my wanting glasses on, and all of a sudden, I, everything looks good. This happens when you go into like stores. <laughs> or for me, coffee shops. I'm like this like, uh, well, if I go into like, like I go, when I travel, uh, I go to like coffee shops or I go into like, say I go into San Francisco, I actually have this thing that I paid a lot of money for, but I love coffee gear. <laughs> like little fancy pour over things. Like any like travel thing that I can make coffee with, I like, I just like want them so bad. <laughs> I actually pay like $90 for this like stainless steel coffee pour over thing that I got in San Francisco and I love it so much. But I go into these kinds of stores and it's like, everything's awesome. I'm like, I want that. And anything that looks like a Breaking Bad, like drug-making device, maker, like I want one of those so bad with like the glass and the drip. I'm just like, I, 
And every time I go into one of these shops, it's like, I never have a version. It's always like, oh, man, I want it all. <laughs> and it's not that the devices are that great, because when you get them, you don't use them anyway, because they're too complicated. But it's like, I'm like, oh, I have, everything is wanted when I have this lens on. And so, you know, kind of like the question would be, what is the, the appearance of experience is that we, we rarely have an unbiased attitude towards objects that come into our experience. And so this, uh, whether it's, it's, it's this wanting or this not wanting or this delusion, which is a, co- a kind of dull, it's kind of like having the, the glasses that are like foggy and cracked on. You just can't really, everything just kind of looks confusing. And I don't really know what to do here. Right. We don't. We generally don't know because the assumption is that uh, the qualities are in the objects that we're seeing. And so when I have the aversion glasses on, uh, all of the objects kind of don't look so great. But it's actually not the objects. It's it's actually the viewing apparatus. <coughs> so when we think about this this foundation of mindfulness, or really this this kind of overlay. We can start to recognize these. We can actually start to see them as, as an object, perhaps. I think of it really as a kind of filter or really a lens. Uh, and when we think about this, we're thinking about the, the, this, the mental state. So what is the state of the mind? The mind can be in, in a variety of different states. And so it's great to be able to recognize the state of the mind. The state of the mind could be an, an attached kind of state of mind where I'm really attached to uh, something. Uh, it can be an aversion, again, an aversion state of mind where I'm pushing away everything. Uh, there can be that distracted state of mind where I just can't seem to put my attention on anything. Right? Or this confused uh, state of mind. And a lot of times if, we're not, if there's not an awareness of these states being present, then that, of course, contributes to the view. That contributes to how I... Uh, create a world view, a self-view in every single moment that's based on these states. And because the states change fairly rapidly, you might notice it's confusing. You can have many different stances about different things at different times. And something one day can be pleasant or agreeable and, and then a few days later not so much. And that can be confusing. You're like, do I like this person? Do I not like this? What's going on here? A couple of days ago it seemed okay, not today though. <laughs> and so we can see, we can think that as the question would be, what, what is the state of the mind? Uh, or, or we can think about it in terms of an attitude, what is the attitude of the mind? I love this question that Cheryl brings up a lot that comes from this practice of what is in the mind that's meditating? What is, what, what is the mind that's meditating? I mean, a lot of times we don't recognize these things because they're very, they're very, very subtle. And as the object appears on sort of the screen of awareness, we a lot of times don't have the, the ability or, or the discernment to, to question what, what overlay we're putting on those. And then sometimes, we'll talk about this later, but sometimes, sometimes emotion is also present in these experiences which really mucks up the whole thing. The good thing about emotion is that you're not always emotional. But there's always a state of mind and there's often an attitude of mind and when we can start to see the way that we're filtering our experience, 
then we can start to um, make adjustments. And so one of the, the sort of the, the practical aspect of what, what, what the Buddha, his encouragement in this practice is to recognize the presence and absence of these states. So not just recognizing when the mind is in greed or in wanting, but recognizing when it's not. Right? Not just recognizing when the mind's in aversion, but also when it's not in aversion. Right? I mean, just think of, play this out a little bit. Have you ever had the thought to yourself, oh gee, I'm not angry right now. It's so nice to not be angry. I'm not scared. Oh wow, it's so great not to have anger in my mind. No, we, 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 we don't do that. But when we're angry, we know we're angry. We know well, why we're angry. We know who done it angry. We got a whole, a lot of uh, information there. So trying to notice when these things are present, but also when they're absent. Like knowing when, I, knowing when there's, conf- there's confusion in my mind right now. Or there's not confusion in my mind. I'm not confused. Have you ever had that thought? Jesus? Oh, gee, I'm not confused right now. It's so nice to not be confused. No, we just kind of default into this mode. We, whatever our sort of screensaver is, what they call the default mode network, which is kind of like the screensaver for your mind. It's where does your mind go to when, when it's not caught up in stuff, right? We usually don't go to a, a low-grade sense of appreciation for the fact that we're not suffering. <laughs> Have you ever had the thought to yourself, Wow, I'm not suffering about anything right now. Oh, it's so nice to not suffer about things. I wonder if I could keep this going for a while. Yeah. Right, so there's a way in which we're trying to bring awareness and mindfulness to the absence of, of these kinds of experiences, like intentionally and on purpose. Right, because we typically wouldn't, it wouldn't really occur to us so much to do that. Right, so it's really good to practice it. And so as we start to become, and one of the things that I think makes it very difficult and is a bad habit to get into that people find, I, I find a lot of people get in this habit. I know for me it was hard for a long time, is that when I have sort of these destructive, negative, unwholesome states in my mind, I sometimes have a hard time, I oftentimes think I'm bad or wrong for having the mind state. I'm not supposed to be angry. I'm not supposed to have ill will towards other people. I'm not supposed to be jealous. There's a kind of way in which the mind state's there. There's actually awareness of the state. But there's a wrong view that says, I'm not supposed to be in this state. And then, which just gives rise to another sort of destructive state of aversion towards the aversion. And then aversion towards the fact that I'm a person who has aversion towards aversion, and it just compounds. And that's where I think it's really uh, a really great place to be is when you can have uh, these sort of unpleasant, difficult, destructive, whatever you want to call them, unwholesome states of mind present in your mind with some degree of equanimity. Like, it's okay that this is here because the goal is to recognize it. And if I'm recognizing it, that means I'm practicing well. And then the question becomes, what can I do actually to, to overcome this, this state? And if you cannot acknowledge it and recognize it, I guarantee you, you will never overcome it. So again, it's a little bit flipping of the script around recognizing these, these, these states of mind or these qualities of mind that are 
maybe not so attractive to look at or maybe are hard to be honest about having them in your mind. But that's really good if we can do that because now we're, instead of living from this perspective, we're actually being able to have some space and almost having an, ob- oh, this isn't, as the Buddha says, I have anger, and anger is in my mind, it's in my mind right now. Mm. Hatred is in my mind. Rather than like, hmm, hatred, I'm not supposed to have hatred in my mind, I don't want to be honest about that, I'm supposed to be a good Buddhist person, sitting on this wonderful, lovely retreat with hatred in my mind, I'm not supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. Hope nobody else knows that I have hatred in my mind. <laughs> 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 I hate that I have hatred in my mind. What kind of a person has hatred in their mind? Right. And so again, we're, we're missing an opportunity to actually practice with that. We're missing an opportunity to, to recognize and to overcome and to recognize and to overcome. And so again, the, the Buddha's not very interested in, in making... Uh, a derogatory attitude towards these things, but actually just being very honest and clear that these, these, these aspects of mind are going to arise and pass away. They're, they're really built into the system. So we have to kind of have that, that attitude about that when we start to work in this kind of way. <clears throat> sometimes these, these, so we have these terms, sometimes we... Uh, in this particular practice, we would call it chitta, which is kind of a heart-mind. But it's really the whole uh, idea that, the, again, I talked about last night, that the mind kind of arises and passes away in every single moment. And that these, these aggregates arise and pass away, but sometimes more arises. So there's other mental factors that come and go. And so the more we can kind of clearly start to see... Um, so something that feels like an obstacle can actually become an object. So now instead of having aversion, I'm recognizing that I have aversion in my mind and I'm actually trying to work with it in a way without bringing more aversion to it. And so when we think about this in a, in, in a subtle way, because I think that greed and hatred are, are words that are a little bit too potent because there's, there's a whole spectrum. So, so even like hatred, as we think about it, hatred, of course, a very, very strong word and it's the extreme example of that quality of mind, but could be something as, as, as a slight irritation, right? It, it encompasses that wide of a range. There can be a just kind of very, very low grade sort of not really wanting uh, this noise to be in the room or just as really, really, and that's where it starts. It usually starts at this very low grade. So the earlier we catch it, the better off. Because if we don't catch it, it goes from a slight, slight irritation to, to a frustration, to a kind of want of fixing, to a kind of view that it's always going to be like this, and it's going to actually be like this all week, and, you know, and now this needs to... I will actually not be happy until this goes away. And I'm just going to sit here, and it's just, it's just going to suck until this stops. This happens a lot with pain in my body. Pain. Anybody have pain in their knees when they sit cross-legged? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, will you just ring that bell? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be so happy when they ring the bell so I can get up. Mm-hmm. I can just sit there and just like, I'm just going to suffer <laughs> until the bell rings. It's my only option. And I just bought into that. And I haven't even explored the level of the pain, the intensity of the pain. It's just, it's just like, no, this, until this is over... No good. 
And that's, that's a view. That's a view that you sort of imprint on the moment, and that's just, and you're stuck in the cabinet with all the other files. And that's it. You're done. No more practicing, no more anything. Just like, kind of like, frustratingly, impatiently waiting for this sit to be over. Have you done one of these lately? <laughs> so the question is, can I, can I actually explore this a little bit more in seeing that a lot of this is actually rooted in, in just my attitude, in the state of the mind, in the way that I'm viewing this present time experience. It's actually not the fact that my legs hurt, it's that attitude and the relationship I have. And, and, the, and then the view, we talked about this all week, this, we create a view and it kind of becomes, when the view becomes final, where we're like, no, it's like this. I'm not, we're not talking about it anymore. And so, and also even like something like greed, it's like a, a strong language, but it could be just a sense of like, uh, a, a tiny wanting to improve the conditions of the moment, even ever so slightly. You know, if I was just a little bit less tired, everything would be great. You know, if, if this were present, then I would be happy. You know, and, then, and then we kind of create that, that attachment around that. And then the strong view becomes, the attached view becomes, uh, and, it, and of course attachment is always rooted in a wrong view, and basically the wrong view is, if I actually had this condition, then I would actually be happy. And I'd actually be happy forever. I wouldn't ask for nine, another thing ever again. If we could just get this, you ever have the thing, if I could just get this one thing, I promise I'll never ask for it. I'll never complain about anything ever again. Right. And that's, that's, again, that's a final kind of view about experience. So because we've been working a little bit with questions, and those of you who have sat with me before, this is a practice that, I've, that I teach often because I have found it to be tremendously valuable. As, as we go into the meditation, we're going to kind of be asking three questions. Uh, and the first question is sort of the greed question or the wanting question is that is the question is am I waiting for something to happen right now? You know, as I sit here you might notice when you're practicing you're like there can be this uneasy low-grade craving a kind of uh, anticipation of wanting something to happen that's not here. You know, it kind of gets us going. You know, we, we, some condition that's not present. It could be just something that, oh, wanting a more pleasant sensation in my body. Right, so just noticing and reflecting, is there a, something in my awareness, in my consciousness, in my mind that, that is uh, waiting for something? And, and that can be a, a type of irritation or frustration. I oftentimes experience it as a type of impatience. And just the idea of waiting, and what a derogatory attitude we have about towards waiting. Does anybody? I don't. Does anybody here enjoy waiting? <laughs> and what are you doing when you're waiting? A lot of times you're just standing in a store somewhere in an air-conditioned building, just standing. <laughs> but you don't think to yourself, "I'm just standing." You're like, "No, I'm waiting for these people to get it together so I can get on with my life." <laughs> Airport waiting. <laughs> my son Emmett cannot stand waiting at all. It's his least favorite thing. He's like, when are we going to get on the plane? And I'm like, in like, you know, like an hour. He's like, what? <laughs> He's like, I can see the plane out the window. It's right there. Let's just get on. 
But I'm like, I don't know what to say because I'm like, I'm with you. <laughs> but that's such an attitude of mine, right? The idea that I'm actually being inconvenienced in some way. And then the flip side of that is, is, is waiting for something to go away. The retreat will begin when my legs stop hurting. <laughs> when my mind stops wandering about this one thing, then it's like you're on day four and the retreat, has, the retreat hasn't even started yet. You're like, well, I haven't really started yet because I'm not done rehashing this whole thing. It's, but it's really difficult to see. It's funny right now. You think it's funny now, but when you're in it in a few minutes, you won't be laughing. You know, it's that kind of, uh, just like, that, 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 that aversion, that resistance, that not wanting, that kind of wanting to disconnect from the experience. So we're kind of going to be looking for those two qualities. And you might experience them as a mental state. Uh, you might experience them as, a, as, a, as an attitude. Uh, I experience it as sort of a behavior, my mind, my, almost a behavior of awareness. My, my, my mind, my awareness, it kind of has this behavior of, of grabbing or pushing away. And of course, it can, the spectrum can be very strong or it can be subtle. But the quicker I catch it, I find the easier it is to overcome. <coughs> and then the third question is really kind of the, the question where we started the, with is, 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 am I aware or am I here? Am I fully present with my experience, with all of it? And, then, and if the answer is yes, then it's like, what can I do to continue that? Can I maintain that quality of being here? So being present, I'm here, and it's okay to be here. I don't need to add anything to this moment. I don't need to get anything away, get rid of anything from this moment. I can be in this moment as it is, just as it is. And so trying to recognize that when it's there. A lot of times that might be there, but you don't really know, or you're not looking for that, you're not acknowledging that. And then the question is, can I just rest in that? It's resting in awareness. Not trying to manufacture anything, not trying to get rid of anything. Kind of a sense of okayness. Maybe even it's actually, I find it to be rather ordinary. It's not that profound necessarily of an experience. But it's usually the mind that's overcome these two, you know, just tenacious tendencies to want to wanting to bring something in that would be better, drop something that we want to get rid of. And it can be just the smallest ever so. You know, if this cushion was just a little bit softer, just a little, I'm not asking for much, just a little bit softer. And we, we get caught into that type of thinking. So let's try it out and, and see how it goes. So just finding a suitable posture to practice. about 30 minutes.
so we don't get lost in our thoughts too much, which can be the downside of this, we're just going to begin by bringing our awareness to the physical world so we have a grounding experience, a place to come back to if we get swept away into the mind. So just taking a short inventory of the body sitting, feeling the presence of the body on the chair or cushion, the down pressure. the temperature of the air on your skin, the area of the clothes. I'm just acknowledging the rise and fall of the sensations of breathing as being there. Sounds arising and passing. Of course, thoughts coming in. Recognizing that, not getting swept away, but just acknowledging thoughts as part of your experience. And see if you can just allow yourself to rest, to dwell. just resting in this field of open awareness in present time. And continuing to allow the mind to settle into its own natural state of awareness. 
sense of receptivity of receiving And as you become more and more familiar with your own present time awareness, to see if you can explore or investigate, to see if there's anything in your experience right now that feels like there's a waiting for something to happen. Sense of anticipation, a slight impatience. Just letting that question drop in at times. Am I waiting for something to happen? to further explore and to investigate the experience of awareness to see if there's any sense or any attitude any movement in the mind where you can sense a waiting for something to go away or not wanting a resistance towards an aspect of your experience here and now
If either of these qualities are present, you may recognize a tightness in the body, a sense of uneasiness. And if you find neither of these qualities are there, see if you can enjoy the absence. Enjoying the attitude or quality of mind that doesn't need anything to be different in this moment. Allowing the mind to rest in a natural state of awareness. And you can use these questions to continue to review the current state of mind. Am I waiting for something to happen? Am I waiting for something to go away? Or am I fully in touch with my experience? <coughs> fully present for whatever is here.
And if you find that you're getting swept away into your thoughts and concepts, just bring a deeper sense of awareness into the body, into the sense experience, sounds, sensations, awareness of the body.
And continuing to see if you can bring mindfulness towards any perspective or view in the mind that wants things to be different.
And as we continue to cultivate awareness towards the state of the mind, you may start to recognize that there is change occurring, that there are moments of presence, moments of ease. There are moments where there is wanting and reaching for in the mind. There are moments of resistance, aversion. And here we just sit and observe these states come and go as they will. And if you find that there is awareness, that there is mindfulness of any type of discomfort, see if you can allow there to be discomfort without the aversion. And if there is comfort or degree of ease, see if you can have that be present without being attached. And if there is any kind of confusion, uncertainty, see if you can allow that to be present without the need to understand, figure out, or fix.
And for the last few minutes of the practice, see if you can really allow yourself to just rest in this open field of present time awareness without the need to add anything or to subtract anything. to be with your experience just as it is, as it unfolds, changes. find that to be helpful, you can use that, those questions or that inquiry into it uh, as you kind of continue to cultivate this awareness. Am I aware? What am I aware of? You might be aware of impatience, waiting for anticipation. You might be aware of a type of resistance or an aversion towards. And so those, are, those will come and go. Right. And so that can be another way to kind of monitor these, these, these kind of forces or these attitudes, or whatever you want to call them, in the mind in a way to notice when you start to get tight or start to get 
a little activated around different things throughout your throughout your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.